Welcome to Cold Beer Hot Tapes. I'm Kieran. I'm Tim. And uh, this week we are joined by Tara from Washington, D.C., a friend of ours, a friend of the pod, uh, to talk about uh, Vampire Weekend's latest album, Father of the Bride. How are you doing, Tara? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good. Not too hungover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, it's always good. Um, it's podcast in this early in the morning, um, so we're not... I don't think we have the beer aspect of the... Uh, yeah, that's coffee today. Yeah, it's coffee. I have a nice espresso in front of me. Oh, nice. Getting me through this. Yeah, yeah no, same. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm like caffeinating as we, as we go. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, Father of the Bride, first Vampire Weekend album in... Six years. Six years uh, since Modern Vampires of the City. Um, it's the first one without Rostam Bat Manji. Monk Bat Malig. But I, yeah, well, we are not little if yeah, yeah yeah little iffy on the pronunciation. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I'm reading it off the Wikipedia page. I, I've never said his name out loud. I didn't realize Ezra <laughs> Koenig's last name was pronounced Koenig. I thought it was Koenig for the longest time until I listened to Serial, and then it was Sarah Koenig, and I was like, oh, it made sense. Um, but yeah, uh, first album in six years. Uh, what, what what do you think? I mean, I have never really been a huge Vampire Weekend fan, but uh, I ran through the, the rest of the discography this week, too, to kind of see where how far have they come, and I think this is one of the ones I like more. Yeah, no, I, I Tara, you have a little bit more of a, uh, you know, a history with them in terms of <laughs> listening to them uh, more than we do. Like I have some, you know, I listened to the first album and Contra, but it's, it's been a while. So as someone who's, you know, a fan and has really enjoyed their music, what, what, what was your, what was your takeaway? I mean, I definitely, well, it's very different. So my main thing is like the past three albums, they were all kind of a trilogy. So they all sort of, they didn't sound the same, but because they were all, you know, very much standalone pieces. But I do think that this one is a very, it's a little bit different because they've obviously expanded the people who are on the album, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like before, it was really just the four of them. Like for the most part, that's who the main people were. But here, I mean, there's tons of like guest features. Like they obviously expanded that like universe of who they consult when they're making music so i thought that was really interesting but i think holistically i thought it was a good step i did feel like it was a little happier <laughs> like tonally than a couple of their other albums just because it used to be a lot more like existential crisis -y, yes and i feel like this is a little bit happier i i would kind of agree with that like i haven't listened to them in a while but i always remembered my 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 impression of Vampire Weekend up until now has always been like, oh, it's kind of like Baroque pop with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of interesting instrumentation that from like a, pulling from a lot of different areas, um, but always very like existential, uh, you know, like Ivy League student kind of musings, yeah. which is mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like not a bad thing, but uh. Um, I feel like that was something very early on that people kind of uh, ripped on them for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, I think since moving to New York, I don't think I can listen to anything but this album by them and not feel like I'm suddenly in the Upper West Side. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Morningside Heights, uh, Columbia. But um, 
Yeah, no, I, I thought this this album was interesting, and to argue point, I, I thought that the the people they brought into the into the fold here to to work with them on this album was really interesting. You had like DJ Dahi, Mark Ronson, um, Rostam was on a couple of these songs. Uh, yeah, uh, Ludwig Goranson, uh, Steve Lacey. Wow, uh, oh, wow, Dave One produced this life. That is actually a yeah. Good for him. That's, I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, me too. And uh, Danielle Haim. Like, there was a lot of uh, really, you know, I, I know, uh, there's just like, I, this, this is not who I expected. Like, these, this is like a who's who of like producers and like uh, big name artists. But they're, again, coming from a lot of different areas, which kind of like, you know, falls in line with their willingness to experiment. They may not be doing with like instrumentation here, but clearly they're bringing a lot of different people into you know, collaborate on this. See, I think that the choice of collaborators makes a lot of sense for the direction of the album, and he even brought it up himself uh, around this press tour. Basically, everyone featured on this album outside of Rostam is Southern California native, and you. this is so california soundy in, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the best kind of way for them, maybe just because, you know, there's less exotic percussion and it focuses way more on like simple scales and like guitar based drums maybe maybe a splash of violin here or there rather than something that would be most of another song from the earlier album but it's not, it's not m79 or something like that. yeah so yeah <laughs> i think that it's been good because of that because they did work with um ariel rashtad on modern vampires of the city but i think he helped continue to push them in a direction that they were less comfortable with. And then on top of that, Ezra had done some writing camp writing. He had contributed to Lemonade with Beyonce. I think he even did mm-hmm. some writing with Kanye before Kanye got canceled. And he said he really <laughs> enjoyed like that writing camp experience and wanted to try and replicate it himself while he was doing the latest Vampire Weekend album. But uh, he found that he's not much of a schmoozer and hates small talk. So... He didn't, he didn't extend himself as much as he think he wanted to, but he still really did rope in a lot of people, even though they were just friends, but he hadn't worked with anyone like on a Vampire Weekend album before. It's like when uh like Steve Lacey's birthday was right around when they dropped Sunflower as a single. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh man. You know, Steve like we're really happy Steve is the first person featured on a Vampire Weekend album and he said his first song he learned guitar to was A Punk and now he's a better guitarist than me. I'm like, Man, that's that's high praise. I mean, Ezra's a pretty good vocalist and guitarist, so it's cool to see him kind of like pass the torch to someone much younger that he sees as a contemporary. That was a very long aside, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, there's a lot of California influence on this album. <laughs> Had to get your Steve Lacey bit in there. Yeah. Also, like Danielle Haim is it Haim from California as well? Yes. Yeah, uh, they're from LA. Yeah. What would would you? I mean, even though this is like a very California album, what do you think of like a lot of the obvious country influences here? Because it, I was hearing a lot of slide guitar. Uh, Hold you now has like a little bit of a country feel to it. Like, pop, oh like, yeah. yeah. Like a classic. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Like, I think it was like a good, I mean, they're, as you were saying, like their previous albums were so, um, like there was always like, you know, like steel drums. Like there were all these different instruments from all around the world. I feel like they didn't really, like this almost feels like, like an Americana album, <laughs> like yeah. something that's like super, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, they're 100%. like, it's all like the California 
like very much like like out like wild west well not wild west but you know like out west kind of like sound yeah so i thought that was an interesting it's almost like as as opposed to like looking out and like looking at all like the you know otherworldliness of like other countries it's like you're just looking at our own country which i thought was kind of cool yeah, yeah it does kind of kind of have that like big sky country feel and i also kind of just like associate that whenever i hear like really uh pensive slide guitars yeah you know yeah. <laughs> like their steel pedal guitar or whatever oh, yeah like especially like on harmony hall i'm like man this is like feels like him doing his best allman brothers cover but not in a bad <laughs> way <laughs> yeah and i've heard like a lot of articles kind of um relate it back to like a jam band like grateful dead or like fish or whatever yeah and i know ezra responded to a bunch of them and was like yeah i mean i don't hate that like i'm a grateful dead fan and the the like jam band kind of feel has sort of rubbed off on our music. So I think this is more of that. And I, I would agree on, on some level with that. I, I still feel like it, you know, on some of these songs, like it does have that more American kind of jam band feel, but at some point it still goes, you know, in some weird directions that I, I couldn't necessarily like attribute just to that. Like, Big Blue, uh, you know, that one feels like it could almost be a Mac DeMarco song in, in another world. Uh, <laughs> and, like, even Harmony Hall, like, I really like that song a lot. Um, and, again, uh, those are, like, it's one I really like the songs with the Rostam on here. Uh, and th this one in particular, the, the other one being uh, We Belong Together. But, like, this one, I felt like the first song kind of had this, you know, pensive, like, Hold You Now had this, like, pensive sort of country vibe with Danielle Hayne there as a bit of a you know there's a story to tell there about some wedding day you know they're both yes. clearly playing a character um and she kind of does throughout the album but i still thought like you go into harmony hall and that was probably one of my favorites off the album just because it just felt so out of pocket it felt like you know the guitar at the beginning just kind of felt like okay we're gonna get something in the same vein as as hold you now and then it kind of went into like this weird piano like the chorus had like this interesting piano and instrumentation and the drums kind of it kind of sounded like like fat boy slims praise you in, in a way <laughs> That's a deep cut yeah it, I, I went back and listened to it to like verify that thought and it still kind of does but um it, i thought it was like that, those are the kind of moments i thought were interesting like yeah i liked some of the more like country influence here but like on um you know i found this is an album that had like a lot of interesting bits and I'll be frank, I don't love this album. I think there's like some of the songs are kind of boring. I think everything after Unbearably White up until like Sunflower is kind of forgettable. And some of the other mm -hmm. songs, like just frankly, I don't know if I'm not in the mood to listen to them, but I, I'm not finding them too engaging. But I really like how on this album there's a lot of like very thoughtful touches that kind of has stuck in my head more than the songs overall like on um, we belong together there's like a, uh, a guitar me me uh, melody that's like really beautiful kind of has like this baroque pop style um and like you know harmony hall as i mentioned that weird kind of piano breakdown with the with the drums kind of sounded like fat boy slim or even the kind of like major scale thing on sunflower like there was uh, there's some there's some cool interesting stuff there but the rest of this kind of feels like ezra is doing his singer songwriter thing i don't really think that's a bad thing though because i mean you said you you liked most of the songs rostin um contributed here yeah and i feel like this is the first album where he's not really hanging over it and i mean from an instrumentation standpoint i think rostin offers a lot and i know he was 
basically like the other main guy in the band prior. But I think this really did give him the opportunity to explore more straightforward sounds. And where he hits here, he really hits. You know, I I love Sunflower. I know I, I've been I've been defending Sunflower for weeks now. <laughs> like just that's the, on rocks. I'm with you. Yeah, like the just the <laughs> the bassy prog riff at the beginning, the scatting, the fact that the lyrics are still kind of obtuse and nonsensical, but like in a fun way that you can tell he's winking at it too. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this is this feels like an evolution of all the things that we usually would give them shit for a couple of years back. Yeah. Because they're clearly having fun with it, and then the the Jonah Hill directed video of them hanging out in that deli in the Upper West Side, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is just there. <laughs> I will say I kind of agree with you, Kieran. Like, there are a couple of songs that when I was listening to it, I was like, "Wait, what song is this?" Because I thought I was listening to another song, and it just blended all together. Yeah. So there were a couple where I was like, "Oh wow, totally didn't realize that I've actually skipped three songs ahead, and I was just not paying attention because I couldn't." Like, I almost couldn't hear the difference. Yeah. Maybe because this album was so long for me. Like, it is there are other albums clock in at, like, I feel like it's, like, half an hour to 45 minutes. Yep. Like, let me verify this. Yeah, like, the first album, Vampire Weekend self-titled, was 34 minutes. Contra was 36 minutes. Modern Vampires of the City, 43 minutes, and this one is 58 minutes. It's a whole 15 minutes longer. I, there was kind of like yeah. a progression there. I'm like, oh, there's a trend. They're adding like five minutes into an album in this one. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to throw 15 minutes in here. Like, And what's weird to me is that all the songs I was least interested in were the longest ones for the most yes. part. Like, I mean, Unbearably White is one of my favorites here, but it's also like the second longest song after Harmony. Yeah. But like Sunflower is two minutes. Um, which was another short. Yeah, Big Blue is like less than two minutes. I like Bambino a lot, but like, there's a lot of kind I of interlude tracks. Yeah, so I mean, I guess there's still a tendency to skew to some shorter songs, but like, you know, he could go for more three minute songs because a lot of the stuff prior was either like two minutes, two and a half minutes, or everything yeah. else is like five. There's no middle ground there, which is good and bad, but. When it's not short and sweet like everything prior, it does make things drag a bit. Yeah, and that's not to say that their longer music isn't good, because, like, for example, um, Contra had, like, Diplomat's Son, which is, like, a six-minute song, and it is, well, whatever, I'll defend it till I die. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song because it's interesting, it's fun, like, musically it's interesting, lyrically it's interesting, and, like, I just genuinely love that song. I always have. It reminds me of, like, my high school days, so it's very nostalgic for me. But, like, that's a long song, but they kept it interesting by switching it up constantly in terms of, like, the, you know, just, like, rhythm-wise, whatever. Like, it was just a very, very well-done song, at least in my opinion. But I um, think going off of that, I think that is one of the things that was missed about Rostam is that – because I think he – even did wrote the lyrics for Diplomat Son as well. And since he had a, such a large direction with seeing like what kind of instrumentation to be on a track, I think he had the best grasp of like, all right, this is running long. Let's add right. some more variety in the sonic elements here. And maybe that touch is missing because I think the closest thing to that is Harmony Hall, which he contributed to. Right. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's where he's missed. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting how like him leaving is a part of the evolution of the band. Um, but like, I didn't want to like litigate, you know, because I remember for a while, like, just like I feel like Vampire Weekend is like generally a polarizing band. Like, especially when they first came out, people were like, "What's their deal?" I, I people like didn't like it. They did like it. There was a there who was are a, these Ivy League boys? Yeah, exactly. Like, Do they who dressed are... well? Are they fashion icons? Or are they dweebs? Yeah. Do <laughs> we like Sperry's now? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, answer to that was I think yes. Yeah. <laughs> Judging by the years after that, were considering they res- I had to wear Sperry's to school, I was very psyched that Sperry's were on the come up. Let me tell you guys, <laughs> you felt you felt seen. <laughs> I felt seen. <laughs> Like uh, the one, the one indie band with uh, uh, Sperry's, uh, the, the Oxford comma video and how they're dressed, like still pops up in my mind every time I think of that. But <laughs> they they were like a legitimately like you know like a preppy group, and um, that was a part of their like shtick for a while. And it still feels like they they moved away from it, um, which is cool. And like it seems like they're you know functioning more as just uh, good musicians. But I wanted to see Tara since like, you've been listening to them since you know, high school, how does it feel to, like, come back to them now and, like, listening to them? Because even, like, the last album came out, like, I think when we were all in college, so yeah. um, it's been it's been a while. Like, a lot of life has passed in since, like, the first Vampire Weekend album. So, like, what is it like to come back and listen to them now? Because I've always had those moments where, like, an artist who I used to listen to a long time, like, a long time ago, went on hiatus, comes back, and it's always like, oh, how do I wrestle with the nostalgia of this, right. but what they're doing now? So it's actually so interesting. So I, since I'm a year younger than you guys, I was still in high school when their last album came out because mm-hmm. it came out in 2013 and I didn't graduate until June 2013. Oh, okay. So um, I was fully still in high school. So for me, this is actually kind of weird <laughs> because as soon as I saw that Vampire Weekend was releasing new music, it just like, like I have such specific memories of listening to all three of those albums. So like I very clearly remember when the first album came out, like I rem- well I was still in middle school when it actually came out, so I did not I did not even like Vampire Weekend probably until I like started my freshman year of high school, which is absolutely bananas to me because I was a 14-year-old mm. and now I am 23, so that's like kind of crazy. But it's just like really insane that it's been pretty much 10 years with the same band. And like, I, like, I remember listening to the first album, like reading my high school English book, Pride and Prejudice, just as like a very (laughs) specific memory, like just such a specific memory. And like now I, so this past week, I obviously like listened to the whole discography again and it was just like it's almost so triggering like i was like oh i feel like i'm like in high school again and feeling all of those feelings cuz personally i mean like i don't i couldn't say that i related to their music because i feel like i was still like a little bit young to relate to their music mm-hmm. but i remember cuz i feel like they were the first like maybe not uncool band maybe that i didn't I was like something that I wasn't ashamed of liking, you know, because I think like I think, you know, you obviously when you're like in middle school and stuff like 
things are very much driven by your peers and like what your peers like. Oh, 100%. And this was like the, I think this was like the first thing for me that I was like, oh, wow, I actually really like this music. And like, I got my parents into it because my dad's like into music. So we would like go to concerts together. So it was very like sweet. Like it was very like coming of age. Like the last album came out, like Modern Vampires of the City came out when I was in high school. I was graduating. So it was like, you know, like all of the like existential crises that I like went through in my, you know, four years in high school very much was encapsulated and punctuated by when these albums came out. So I thought that was, it was very weird to go back and listen to them. But listening to Vampire Weekend, the new album, like again and again <laughs> over this past week, I was like, you know, I think it, it's like nice as an extension, but I think those three albums just, I just relate so strongly with high school. Just like they're so, there's just like a couple songs and like albums and stuff that I'm always going to put in that box. Mm -hmm. So for this, it's more of like me putting it in a new box. Like if I had to categorize it, like if this became an album that I listened to over and over again, quite frankly, I, I don't think it will. Like I like the album, but I don't think it's going to be like something that I always have on repeat, you know? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Like, you know, I coming back to something now and it's like, all right, yeah, it's great. I have all these like wonderful, you know, memories that are kind of like time capsuled for, for this music, but like uh, right. the, the new stuff is like, okay. It's all right, you know? Like, there are songs that I find interesting. Like, there are songs that I like and have really, like, stuck out to me. Like, the ones that Rostam produced I really liked. Um, like, Steve Lacey I thought was, like, a good addition to it. But, other, like, other than that, really, I'm like, okay, like, whatever. It was fun. But it's not something that's going to, like, stick with me. Like, I felt like those three previous ones, like, seriously made an impact on me. And I don't know if it was because I was younger, like the time, like my headspace when I was listening to them. But I just feel like this one's like its own separate entity, like a good extension of them, but just separate. Yeah, it's it does feel like it, I mean it's been six years, so it's yeah. um, mm -hmm. going off that a little bit. Um, do you find their earlier work kind of lyrically obtuse and kind of uh, self indulgent in terms of like? Does this is this supposed to mean anything, or do we just know that Ezra was an English major? <laughs> no, I yeah, absolutely. First of all, the short answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this like the long answer, I think, yeah, because I think he was riding that high of like, yeah, I went to college and I'm in this like, because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you can like see when people become like a little bit insufferable and like a little bit into themselves yes and i feel like that was like those three albums were well specifically the first two i think yes, were definitely more along that line or along those lines um i think they were definitely written to be self-important like looking back on them now i'm like of course like you know they're there's all like the existential stuff. Like you're just, you're going through a lot, obviously when they were, when they were there, like that age. Um, like basically but the same I do... age we are now. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but like, you know, I guess like when he was putting his feelings into words, it was just like shoving it in your face. Like I know these big words and I'm very good at like with all like the pop culture, you know, references. Like it was just like a jam packed, like millennial 
album of just these are all the references and I'm gonna make all the references I'm gonna make all the to-do lists I'm gonna be so funny I'm gonna talk about you know punctuation in a song like <laughs> you know what I like do you know what I mean oh, like yeah. it was just so like I was just like listening to it this week I was like you gotta relax like you just <laughs> like my dude you need a Xanax like it's still fun it's still fun it is still like I think it was more impressionable to me or excuse me. It was, it made a more impact on me because I was impressionable. Mm. And so I was like, Oh cool. Like, you know, I was 14. <laughs> like I thought I was hot shit, <laughs> like whatever. But it's, it was weird to go back and listen to it. Cause I feel like those two, specifically the first two were very much like uh, an elitist person, like not person. Cause I don't want to make that assumption about them, but it was like an elitist vibe, like like looking to make themselves more important. Yeah, this... I don't know if I explained that well. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Did you get, did you get that vibe as well? Because I know you went oh, back yeah. and like listened to, the, to a lot of their music. Yeah, because uh, I mean, listening to the first two, it's like you know, this is all fine, like musically, I like this a lot, but like I feel like I need footnotes and a thesaurus to figure out what what he's trying to get at. <laughs> And I but think, I feel like that was their point. Like yeah, that's what he yeah. wanted to do. Yeah, and I think a big part of what I think is maturity on this album is, uh, I think like it was a while ago while they were like, okay, we're recording, we're with Ariel and everything. Um, and him and Ariel went to see Casey Musgraves, and oh yes, and he was like, like the whole time I'm like, oh my god, like she'll sing two lines of the song and you get the whole gist of the song, and then I stopped and thought to myself. Like, does Vampire Weekend have anything in his discography that could be summed up in a sentence like that? And he's like, wow, no. So he did a lot of writing on this album that kind of tried to remedy that. And for the most part, I think he succeeded because this is the most, well, I mean, straightforward as he can be about, like, writing a song. And I think a lot of the duets really emphasize that as well because when there's a back and forth, it's not him being in his own head as much. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I'd still say "Step" is one of my favorite songs from uh, Modern Vampires of the City. But like, that's a great song. But man, that is really indulgent and self-referential. And like, what's what's the purpose here? But here, I like "Unbearably White" is probably the next closest thing in terms of like, you know what it's about, but it still doesn't really make that much lyrical sense. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it kind of did, actually. I thought that was one of the more succinct songs on the album. Like, uh, it was a bit of a love song, but also like a testament to procrastination a little bit. Like, oh, God, this 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 notebook in front of me is just like staring me down because I haven't done shit. Like, you know, and, <laughs> and that's uh, that's like a real feeling. I thought that was uh, one of the more relate- relatable bits on the album. And, I, and that's, that's kind of one of the things I did like about this. I didn't go back and listen to a lot of the discography, I'll admit. Just did not want to. Um, but <laughs> had, had that's fair. No interest in listening to Contra again. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I did find uh, a lot of the... Especially the duets with like you know Danielle Haim on here and and even like Unbearably White or or This Life, um, yeah they 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 felt a little bit more succinct from a songwriting perspective. And I did I did like that. It felt like it was there wasn't the 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 lyrics weren't like so obtuse that you just you're kind of struggling to like piece together what what was happening here. But it still was it it, it felt much more like pithy. Compared to 
Um, oh, certainly. Yeah, like past music. And that, that uh, past music they've done. And that's really interesting. But I do get like, I've always liked to say like, oh, they kind of sound like, you know, they've just been trying to do Paul Simon's Graceland a lot. Um, especially <laughs> especially on the first album. Like there's there's some there's some parallels there but um in this one i feel like he's just going down the singer songwriter round and like you bring up like casey musgraves or uh or steve lacy like i feel like he's kind of making a shift to exist more in that world and i don't know this album it's still I, i don't love it but i think it's a really interesting step in the right direction for for them i agree with that Yeah, yeah i agree with that like it doesn't feel like they just kind of came out and did the same shit again, which I truly respect. <laughs> like it clearly the, the past six years they've tried to, you know, reexamine th- their approach to music, and also like losing losing a massive like a very important collaborator in the group, uh, uh, Rostam, uh, you know, no longer being part of the group, uh, you know, changed a lot of the music. But I, I, I don't love this album, but is it weird to say like I enjoy the direction of it? Like I don't want to listen to it that much. I may want to throw this on it like. When I'm hanging out outside outside one day in the summer, but I still like I am encouraged that the next project they do could be really interesting. Like this feels good in some senses from a I don't know like a music creative direction. Oh yeah, no for sure, uh, and I, I agree with that completely. I think this would be a great album to see live at like a, a open air amphitheater. Yeah. And, oh totally, and like maybe maybe not with like friends at a barbecue but in that particular setting that sounds great because uh, apparently their show at webster hall last weekend for the release party which uh did like a brandon bar- wardell called the met gala for podcasters <laughs> um <laughs> apparently that set was really really good they played like four sets at webster hall that day and you know the the lucky on twitter said that their their new live setup for this album was really good so, I mean, I would like to see them because I think even the performances I've seen they've done so far, they do really seem like they're having a lot of fun with it because mm-hmm. uh, they just did Sunflower on Kimmel and they did like yeah. a minute and a half intro before like getting into the song, which really just them noodling with scales, but it was still a lot of fun. And I don't know. I, I just feel like Ezra has not been able to have fun without winking at it. And I think this album is the first time it's like, no, like I'm, I'm having fun with it. It's earnest. Yeah, I totally understand that. They are so good live. They're actually one of those bands that are almost better live. What was the last um, time you've seen them? I saw them after Modern Vampires of the City. So I saw the Contra tour and then that tour. So I want to say twenty summer 2014. Okay. That sounds right. I feel like it was summer 2014 because I went down to see them in Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. And it was actually, it was like open air amphitheater style. It was really fun. Um, all GA. It was like very dope, but they're very good live. And it's actually really interesting because I think to go back to the length thing, like the album length was almost so packed with references. I feel like and with like so much going on musically that this album seems so much more relaxed. So I feel like going to a live show would just be so much better because they can do so much more with like the, the like space that they have in between songs and all that stuff. Cause I know they're, 
they're really good at like transitioning between songs like they're always very interesting they generally do covers like it's a good show yeah i, w- I would i would I, I would like to see this live if if i get a chance and again very much in like a i hope they play at like forest hills stadium or whatever that uh what was that point this is not just not to get to in boston but that one place they always did that like uh, free music festival on like the you remember that on like the that weird amphitheater on oh the, uh, the shell the, the shell, shell on the yeah. S- that's what it is oh my god yeah, yeah. i forgot about that yeah. would like to sit near some water and uh in in, in, in an open air <laughs> S- sip a nice rosé yeah <laughs> this makes me want to have a nice like new england summer day you know <laughs> I like how no matter what, we still like, come back to like, yeah, I want to tie my sweater around my waist and uh, yes, go, play I some, do. <laughs> go play some croquet in the yard or whatever. It's, it's still, Vampire Weekend. Yeah, so, I know. I, mean, I don't know why. It still it still evokes that for me. <laughs> it, it always will, honestly. It's just like, should I go play tennis in my white outfit and then sip some rosé at brunch afterwards? Should I chide my friend for using the wrong fork at brunch? <laughs> 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 uh, that's i you know i'm not putting it past him <laughs> you know uh, i guess like one one more thing i think we didn't really touch into and i think it's something that he doesn't really like to get autobiographical in his music but you know the big thing that i think has changed between all of this other than mostly relocating to la is he's a father now and mm. there is only like one example that i think he even slightly alluded to it um on how long he had that one line since December 17 feels like Halloween and his son was born like August of last year, which makes it about nine months. Someone's like, you know, you find out your partner's pregnant and then you feel like you're, you're dressing up as a parent. Is that the most direct and like not obfuscating he's ever been? Because I'm like, you know, that's a completely legitimate fear to have as someone who's about to become a parent. It's like, Oh God, like I don't have my shit together. How am I going to be a parent? And then, of course, the older you get, the more you realize, like, no, nobody's ready for parenting. But I I thought that was probably, like, the most relatable bit of content on here. Was it, though? Well, I mean, says the parent part. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. Are you not, like, afraid of becoming a parent? No, 100%. Exactly. (laughs) Hundred percent. Don't even think about it. That if I did, I'm just not going to. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, what was your? Uh, I guess to, to close this out, what were your favorite songs after this? Uh, and like, what was your favorite songs? Final, final, final appraisal on whether or not this is a hot tape. Uh, favorite songs: the Sunflower Chorus, Unbearably White, and This Life. Um, you know, I'll also give a, a honorary mention to Sympathy because. Just the the recipe for that song, like I wrote down how it, it felt. It was like that song bangs. It was like flamingo guitar <laughs> and hand claps. It's a, but it's a, with, it's a but flamingo with, song, yeah. yeah. With uh, Franz Ferdinand vocals and then the background vocals from Lake Zurich from that last Gorillaz album. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is this is like an indie Frankenstein, but I love it. Indie Frankenstein. Oh my god. I, but yeah, those are my four songs. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and listen to that song just with the expressive. Like, I'm gonna try and like, you know, no, trust I'm gonna me. I'm gonna walk back your description to this song and trust try me. and like unpack it. I think it's apt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what is your what's your final take on the album? Like, uh, is it a hot tape? I wouldn't call it a hot tape. 
at the same time, though, I think this has helped warm up Vampire Weekend to me. Um, honestly, minus Contra, each successive album I've enjoyed more from them. And, you know, you take continue following the best like musical ideas from this and the best musical ideas from Modern Vampires of the City. I think you're going to you're going to hit my platonic ideal of a Vampire Weekend album. But um, I really do think that showed a lot of growth and I appreciated that from this. Yeah, Tar, would you what's your what's your top three songs? What's your final take on this one? Um, okay, top three, I'd say I lo- I really liked This Life, um, really liked Sympathy, clearly, it's a banger, mm. um, and probably Sunflower, those great, are the ones choices, that I keep on choices. coming back to, those are the ones that I keep on coming back to, I really like them, um, and then it, I think I agree, uh, yeah, I agree, I, I, I don't think it, I know, <laughs> I agree, um, that I think it's a, it's a hot, it's not a hot tape. I think a, a lukewarm tape, perhaps, is yeah. the uh, best description. It's... I think they're going in the right direction. Um, I think this is a very good show of growth musically. They're taking new ideas, new techniques. It's not so obscure, obtuse, etc. Um, I think they're doing a good job of making the music less self-indulgent and more something that you can, like, really like listen to i just wish it weren't quite so like i i just wish there were it was maybe a little bit shorter i'm not quite sure but like sonically it just needs to be a little bit different um yeah yeah i'd I'd agree um i I really enjoyed harmony hall and uh we belong together um and uh, sunflower as well and to a lesser extent i I did enjoy unbearably white um but i i kind of had the same takeaway uh in sense that this feels more accessible than their past music, um, mm-hmm. but it's just it's missing that something to really make this sonically interesting. Because like some of the songs, like they're just a little too singer songwriter songwritery for me that you get lost in. It's just I, I don't know. There wasn't that variety there. Um, there's still like some interesting things here. I think this is a like relatively tepid album. Uh, <laughs> Just, that sounds rather damning when you put it like that. Yeah, but I see what you mean. Yeah, tepid. Sorry, I'm breaking out the thesaurus for uh, for for Vampire Weekend. Shout but, out um, to you, Ezra. Yeah, <laughs> he's an English major. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's relatively tepid. I think there's some interesting things here. Um, I my my takeaway is there's some good songs. There's some really cool ideas, but they're not strung together in a way that makes me want to revisit a lot of this. Um, it's you know it's. I'm not, I don't mean it like in an outwardly negative way. It's just like, yeah, it's, just, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, it's, yeah, luke, lukewarm. Um, but, yeah, so this was uh, this was Cold Beer Hot Tapes. Um, Tara, thank you for calling in on a Saturday morning for this. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Friend of the pod. Um, I'm Kieran. I'm Tim. And we'll be back uh, soon. All right, take it easy. (laughs) Eventually, I don't know.